Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number nine tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we can go on depth into every single matchup on the week at the tight end position, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy so without further ado let's get in to my week number nine crazy it's already week nine tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with the first matchup of the week, Thursday Night Football, the Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this is a game that is incredibly simple at the tight end position. Chig Okonkuwu is going to be a sit for me for the Titans, even with Levis lighting it up like the beginning of a Little Wayne song, Chig was not able to produce. Due to the immense amount of talent that I believe that Chig possesses, there is a chance that if Will Levis is able to keep playing pretty solid, that we we might see Chig become a late season hammer type of player that you pick up off the waiver wire and ends up potentially being a league winner. But as of right now, I think it is best to leave Chig on your bench. Connor Hayward without Fryermuth. Hayward is the starting tight end. Even in a great matchup against the Titans, though, I definitely don't want anything to do with Connor Hayward. Next up, we move to Germany with the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. Another simple game at the tight end position Travis Kelsey is a must start every single week Kelsey had his first down game of the season last week against the Broncos but you can easily excuse that because it wasn't really Travis Kelsey's fault it's not like he was dropping passes left and right it was because the whole Kansas City Chiefs team looked off they just looked like they were not ready to play and they honestly got dog walked by a very bad Broncos team the Dolphins defense is getting better but against the tight end position, they normally get gashed. So I fully expect Travis Kelsey to go bananas in Germany. Obviously, going to be my tight end one in the rankings on the week. Durham Smythe is a sit. I say this every week, but Smythe is a good NFL tight end, right? He does his job for the Dolphins. He blocks well, but he's just not a good fantasy tight end because he doesn't really get many targets. They are far and few in between. He is a clear sit for me every single week, despite the fact that normally you love to start tight ends on high-octane offenses like the Dolphins. It's just not the case with Durham Smythe. Next up, we move to the beginning of the real Sunday slate, the 1P games with the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons. Now, TJ Hawkinson has been a top eight tight end in three straight games. Now, obviously not having Kirk Thuggins, Kirk O'Chains, Kirk Cousins sucks donkey cock. Kirk Cousins did have his surgery earlier this morning, and I wish him a full recovery as a lot of people like to kind of dump on Kirk Cousins, but I think Kirk Cousins gets a lot of unneeded hate and Without Kirk Cousins, we might see the demise this week of Hawkinson. Now, once we see Joshua Dobbs take over, we just saw Dobbs feed Trey McBride last week, so it's very possible that Hawkinson gets back on the saddle and ends up being a dominant player, 50 Shades of Grey style, once Dobbs is under center. But with Hall, there is definitely reasons to be a little bit nervous. Now, would I be nervous enough to sit TJ Hawkinson? Of course, I think... 
Hall will be enough to just feed him the rock and for Hawkinson to be good. But again, he definitely is not going to be in the S tier at the tight end position for me this week with Travis Kelsey. For the Atlanta Falcons tight ends, they have both Kyle Pitts and Janu Smith. Heineke will be starting on Sunday, which frankly doesn't move much of the needle for me. I honestly don't think Heineke is like significantly better than Desmond, Desmond, Desmond? Than Desmond Ritter. They are both pretty similar in my opinion. They're both like pretty below mid quarterbacks. Maybe for Pitts' sake, Heineke is just slightly better, but I don't think it's going to be by wide margin like Heineke is going to go out there and just eviscerate the Vikings defense, right? We all, I don't think anyone really think that's going to happen except for maybe Falcons fans. Pitts has fallen off over the last two weeks, but we all know the upside is still there. We were starting Pitts early on in the season when he was on the struggle bus, struggling immensely. So I definitely think you still got to go with Pitts this week, even if he is a little bit risky. Janu Smith shit the bed big time last week. With that said, he has been more consistent than Pitts this season. So I would certainly lean with Janu Smith being like an upper echelon tight end too, meaning like tight end 13 through 16 type of range for Janu Smith with some solid upside. Because again, some weeks... Janu Smith just ends up being super consistent and gets enough targets to finish inside of the top 10. Moving next to the Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. We just previously talked about Danny McBride's cousin, Trey McBride, who is a start for us this week on the Cardinals. He looked real sharp on Sunday against the Ravens with 10 catches on 14 targets for 95 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was probably the most fun touchdown scored on Sunday because he got the ball at like the five-yard line and the whole team fucking circled around him, nightmare, 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 and walked him into the end zone. It was pretty sick to see. Honestly, a very fun touchdown. This spot against the Browns is very scary. Now, I know we are past Halloween, but shit's still getting spooky for the Cardinals here against the Browns, and the quarterback change to Clayton Looney Tunes definitely scares me, but I've seen enough good out of McBride to know that without Zach Ertz, he will continue to be involved enough to be successful. And the Browns defense hasn't been as elite over the last couple of games. Again, does that mean that I think that the Browns defense is washed up, complete and utter dog shit? Of course not, but maybe they aren't as good as we thought a couple of weeks ago. For the Cleveland Browns, David Njoku is also a start. Njoku has came out hot, hot, hot recently with PJ Walker under center as a top 12 tight end. With Watson, though, shit hasn't been as sweet for David Njoku. If Watson starts, which seems like more of a possibility where we're sitting right now on Wednesday, I would still play Njoku, but at that point, I would have to move the goalposts, right? We'd have to be like, without without uh, Watson, I think Njoku is a pretty safe bet to be a top 12 tight end. But with Watson, he's probably in that tight end 13 to 18 range or maybe even falls outside of it because again Watson just doesn't seem to target the tight end position next up we move to the LA Rams at the Green Bay Packers in this one I am going to be firing up Luke Musgrave but I talk about this a lot I talk about with Durham Smythe a lot how he's a great blocker but doesn't really get used heavily in the passing game he's a great NFL tight end but not a great fantasy tight end I say this every single week for Luke Musgrave this is a guy that is dominant like Joey fucking Chestnuts in a Nathan's hot dog eating contest when it comes to efficiency stats. But when you actually look at the statistics, the stat sheet, not efficiency, 
he doesn't really turn those solid efficiency games into great fantasy performances. Now, he's had four of seven games on the season as a top 18 tight end, and I feel like in this spot against the Rams, it should elevate him into being at least a top 12 guy, potentially. I'm just waiting for that game where Luke Musgrave goes absolutely nuclear, because again, if you look at those efficiency stats... You kind of feel like that game is just ready to fucking burst out. Like that button on your pants after Thanksgiving dinner. Tyler Higby finally showed up for once last week with a semi-decent game. But with that said, he had three straight games prior outside the top 28 tight end. And Stafford still isn't practicing. So there's really no reason to even think about starting Tyler Higby. Next up, we move to the Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It does really help me out a ton. For Hunter Henry, he's going to be a sit for me. Now with Bourne out for the season, I think we should be seeing more Hunter Henry. With that said, though, Gesicki has started to get more usage in this offense, so it's not necessarily just Hunter Henry out there as the tight end. Now, I don't think Gesicki is going to ever end up actually eclipsing Hunter Henry in targets for a couple of games in a row, but the usage of Gesicki is definitely a huge headache for Hunter Henry, and again, that is really what makes me so uncomfortable with starting Henry. The guy came out the gates of the season on fire like that Metro Boomin album cover, but even against a pretty shit-tier commander's defense that just got rid of their two best players, in my opinion... I don't want to be starting Hunter Henry. Logan Thomas has been a very reliable asset at the tight end position almost every single week outside of the game that he was hurt and just didn't play. So obviously you couldn't start him in that one. And that game up against the Buffalo Bills. This isn't an outstanding spot against the Patriots, right? This isn't necessarily a wet dream matchup, but this also isn't a game that I would dub Logan Thomas as where I would be kind of scared to play him, right? This is a pretty middle-of-the-road matchup for Thomas with Howell, Sam Howell, looking so solid. I am definitely rolling out Thomas with confidence, and Thomas has had six or more targets in two straight weeks. Next up, we move to the Chicago, Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints. Last week, I was honestly shocked to see how much usage Cole Komet got. With Tyson Bajent under center, who will be the starting quarterback yet again this week as Justin Fields is still banged up, Cole Komet had 10 targets for 10 receptions with 79 yards last week against the Chargers. And like I said, I didn't expect that one bit because Komet has been with Bajent under center not so good, right? He has not been getting heavily targeted. And even with the Bears getting Cleveland steamered, getting a train ran on them last week, Komet was still able to ball. The matchup against the Saints is pretty decent. Like the Patriots, they're pretty eh, pretty meh against the tight end. So I'm fine rolling Komet out there as a guy with top 12 upside. Will he be ranked inside the top 12? Probably not, but I think he does have that upside. But obviously, he is at the mercy, the Lamborghini mercy, of Tyson Bagent having a good enough game to just at least throw him the ball a bunch of times. Taysom Hill, to me, is not just a start. He is a bona fide must-start. Taysom Hill has been a top-six tight end in 
three straight weeks, which could easily be replicated here up against a piss-poor Bears defense. Hill has not only been running the ball, he's been catching the ball, and sometimes he's out there throwing the ball. He has had three total touchdowns in the last two weeks, so I am firing him up. I am banging the drum aggressively for Taysom Hill. We see every single week just how volatile, how fickle the tight end position is in fantasy football, how up and down even the star-studded tight ends are in the NFL. So Taysom Hill finding this much consistency and being used more as a tight end, catching a lot more passes... The upside is immense here. Again, up against a garbage bottom of the barrel. Chicago, Chicago Bears defense. And I am much more confident in saying that I love Taysom Hill this week compared to Cole Komet. Again, that's not to shit on Cole Komet because he's listed as a start, but I am way more confident in Hill compared to Komet. Next up, we move to the Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, when it comes to Noah Fant, we kind of share the same sentiment every single week on the tight end starts it, the tight end rankings video. I think Noah Fant is a talented NFL tight end, but the Seattle Seahawks use so many other tight ends that you can't start Noah Fant. Plus, Geno Smith definitely does not look anywhere close to how good he looked last year. He hasn't been a straight-up disaster, a dumpster fire of a quarterback out there, but he's definitely let down a lot of Seahawks fans, in my opinion. And while I am someone who roots for the Seahawks, I like watching the Seahawks, I'm going to be honest with you, while your defense is starting to really percolate, while the defense is starting to kind of harden there, if Geno doesn't step up and Geno keeps playing this way, I don't think the Seahawks are going to make as much noise in the playoffs as a lot of the media are speaking about right now. Mark Andrews, another guy that is a must-start every single week. I don't care what defense he's playing against, if he's playing up against the Seahawks, or if he's playing up against like the all-star team in the NFL, Mark Andrews is a must-start. Now I get, Nick, Mark Andrews had a down game last week, at least in consideration to how good Andrews normally is against the Cardinals. But that was mainly because the Ravens' passing attack just fell flat in that game. He still scored a touchdown and had 40 yards, though, so nothing to really be sad about. It just wasn't that normal Mark Andrews' dominant performance. He is one of the best three tight ends in the NFL. You could argue that he's the number two tight end in the NFL behind Kelsey. So obviously, like I said, you're starting him every single week. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans. But before we break this game down at the tight end position, as well as the rest of the games for the week nine slate, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL pickup in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds. But first, I want to explain how the underdog pick'em game works. You're going to have to make at least two picks from two different teams. You can make all of your picks from Thursday Night Football. You could go into Sunday. You can even go into Monday Night Football or match different sports together. They've got NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, FIFA. They've got a bunch of different sports, but for the purpose of what we're talking about today, we're going to do two picks from Thursday Night Football. We are going to go with higher than 72 and a half rushing yards for Derrick Henry up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, and we are going to match that with a game where I feel like the Steelers offense will be able to move the ball up enough 
to be able to kick a field goal, but not necessarily score a crazy amount of points. We're going to go with Chris Boswell, higher than one and a half field goals made. If both of these hit, we'll get three times our entry fee. If you do three picks, it is six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you live in one of these states on your screen right now and use promo code Notorious or click on the link in the video description, you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional $150, additional $50, $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Bucks versus Texans. Kate Otten has had back-to-back weeks inside the top 18 tight ends, and he's been a guy that I have talked about relatively highly this season. My main point towards not loving to start Otten is because there are just so many cooks in the metaphorical kitchen of the Bucks offense that are all at mercy of Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker's played pretty good recently, but when you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rashad with two A's white who catches a bunch of passes, Kate Otten's kind of just the odd man out there, right? Now, my sentiment on him doesn't really change if I'm being honest with you this week. I like the matchup, but I'm only really starting him because there are so many good tight ends on by. If every single team was not on by, and even with the matchup I kind of like against the Texans, Otten would probably be left on my bench. Despite how good he's looked over the last two weeks, again, I still like Otten. I've been pretty high on him talking about him every single week, but again, the fact that there's so many teams on by that have start-worthy tight ends kind of make me move the needle, the pendulum, towards starting Cade Otten. Dalton Schultz cooled down coming out of the bye week last week against the Carolina Panthers in a game where the Panthers ate their first W of the season. As a whole, the Texans team almost looked kind of disheveled in that game, like they fucking saw a ghost before the game started or something. Despite being the tight end 36 last week, he was a top six tight end in three straight weeks prior to the bye week. We just saw Kincaid go absolutely nuts up against the Bucks defense last week, so I will continue to believe in my boy Dalton Schultz. Again, if you're comparing Otten to Schultz, I definitely feel a lot more confident in Schultz compared to Otten. Next up, we move to game number 10, the Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. Kylan Granson is a sit, but he did have a solid game last week against the Jags, but his targets have definitely lessened when you compare the targets with Gardner Minshew under center compared to Anthony Richardson. I actually think Gardner, or not Gardner, I do think Gardner's a good player, but I think Kylan Granson is a good player, and I love this matchup, but I can't really start him with how boom or bust he is, I think. If you were comparing Granson to Otten, we have seen Granson be far more boom-bust where Otten has been a lot more consistent. Hayden Hurst, I say this every single fucking week at this point, but it is still so funny how Hurst really tricked us into thinking that Bryce Young was going to force fed, force fed, force feed the ball to this guy week in and week out because he was the tight end two in week number one. He was a part of the waiver wire video because we all know that narrative that rookie quarterbacks love to throw the ball to the safety net, the tight end. And in week one, it's like, holy cannoli, right? We found that, right? Nick's a genius. Let's pick up Hayden Hurst. And then obviously ever since then, the guy's been irrelevant. He has only cracked the top 24 at the tight end position once since then. So he is an obvious sit. Next up, we move to the New York football giants at the loss. Vegas Raiders. 
Josh McDaniels got fired last night at 2 a.m., which is just a real kick in the dick, right? Wake up at, wake up in the morning, and he wasn't feeling like P. Diddy because he just got fired, but he's laughing straight to the bank because the Raiders gave him an outrageous contract. I don't know too much about linebackers coach Antonio Pierce, who's now the interim head coach, but one thing I do know about him is he used to actually play on the Giants. So we got a revenge game for Antonio Pierce. They also fired their GM. So Mark Davis woke up feeling dangerous, like his name was Baker Mayfield. Michael Mayer with Aiden O'Connell under center. There is hope, especially with McDaniels gone, that maybe this offense is able to get a little revive and play a little bit better. Mayer only had two targets last week in just a god-awful effort by Jimmy Garoppolo. I like his matchup here, but if we're being honest, he would definitely be just chilling on our bench if there weren't four teams on by. We have seen the upside of Mayer this season. We've seen that this guy can be a productive tight end at the NFL level. He was a guy that I definitely liked coming out of college, got drafted into a decent enough situation. But again, the head coach McDaniels is just a fucking dumbass. I just hope here that AOC can squeeze, Aiden O'Connell can squeeze that value, that upside out of him. Daniel Bellinger's a sit. Nick, why are we talking about Dylan Bell- Dylan, Darren, Darren, Daniel Bellinger? Uh, D- Darren Waller's the starting tight end on the team. Nick, you love Darren Waller in the offseason. Well, I have been hoodwinked, led astray by Darren Waller for like the 17th year in a row. Darren Waller is dealing with a multiple week hamstring injury. This elevates Bellinger to be the tight end one who actually showed some flashes last season. With that said, with how much of a dumpster fire, complete and utter fucking disaster the Giants are, there's no way in hell you can convince yourself to start Daniel Bellinger, even though, again, he did look pretty good last season. Next up, we move to the final game before Sunday Night Football, the penultimate uh, game before Sunday Night Football, and kind of the game of the late slate. NFC Beast, NFC East rivalry matchup, the Cowboys at the Eagles. Jake Ferguson was in a bit of a slump prior to the bye week in week seven, despite his hot start to the season. With that said, he was the tight end 11 last week as he broke out that slump going four for four like he was at Wendy's for 47 yards and a tug. Eagles defense isn't great against the tight end, so I think this should be a solid spot for Ferguson, for Mr. Fergalicious. Dallas Goddard continues to be a highly targeted player on one of the best offenses in the NFL. A recipe of sugar, spice, and everything nice for Dallas Goddard. Now, Hertz is 100% banged up as it was reported that he got an hour of treatment after last game against the Commanders, and it wasn't an hour of treatment like Deshaun Watson with a fucking masseuse. This was some legit shit that was going on here for Hertz, and I hope Hertz is able to continue to get more and more healthy, though I don't think Hertz would ever actually sit himself on purpose, right? Like, give it a rest. But again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins. He's not going to do it this week. But when the Eagles get a better matchup, like, I get Marcus Mariota's the backup. But maybe you should just sit out, like, one game and try to get more healthy instead of just... Again, I'm not a doctor, so what the fuck do I know, right? Uh, But even with that said, 
Goddard is a must-start tight end. We have seen him have two top five performances in the last four games, so definitely another one of those guys that is a must-start for me at tight end. Next up, we move to Sunday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is a game that you truly waited all day for Sunday night for, right? This is a great matchup. Kincaid versus Irv Smith, not the best tight end matchup. Irv Smith uh, is a sit. Joe Burrow just... Doesn't throw the ball to Irv at a consistent level. So even with this being a potential high-scoring matchup, fun game, you uh, have to sit Irv. Dalton Kincaid without Knox, clear sit. This man was on fire like that Alicia Keys song. That girl is on fire. Five receptions on seven targets for 65 yards and a touchdown. I am ecstatic for Kincaid's upside this week as I think he could easily crack the top five. Top five, top five, top five at the tight end position. Next up, we got the LA Chargers at the New York Jumbo Jets Monday Night Football. Tyler Conklin is a guy where I love this matchup. I am fiending for a matchup against the Chargers, but with Zach Wilson under center, I don't think you could actually talk yourself into playing Conklin. Last week against the Giants, he had two targets for zero receptions. If Rodgers magically shows up at the end of the season, then you can start Conklin, but until then, you can't really rely on starting him because, again, Zach Wilson will do enough to win games but won't actually do enough to take any of these skill players over the top. Probably not name Even Garrett Wilson can't be taken over the top. He'll just be like the wide receiver 18. Reese Hall is really the only guy that can ball truly in this offense with Wilson under center. Gerald Everett is a start now, depending on if he's able to play or not. Jets are one of the strongest teams in the NFL against the tight end. With that said, though, I would start him here if I was in a pickle, assuming that he does end up suiting up. He missed last week, but prior to that, he was a top 10 tight end in back-to-back weeks with the upside to do so again against the Jumbo Jets. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, check out, not without further ado, I always fucking say that at the end of the video for some reason. Which is also why I said at the beginning of the video, if you haven't seen any of the videos that are on your screen right now, make sure you guys check them out. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy!